Hi, my name is Althea, and this is the Clean Your Room podcast. This is season one, episode two of the Clean Your Room podcast. I'm recording this on Sunday, January 3rd, 2021 in Los Angeles, California. If you're one of the dozens of people who already listened to episode one, thank you so much. I appreciate your support as I start out on this new endeavor. As of right now, the Clean Your Room podcast has a five-star rating on iTunes, which is amazing. (laughs) Disclaimer, I probably personally know all of the people who have so far left a written review, but all I can say is I hope to live up to their praise and expectations. Also, in case you tried going to the website last week and got a security error on cleanyourroompodcast.com, that error has been fixed. Thank you, Casey, for pointing that out and letting me know. Please do check out the show notes, um, either the episode one or episode two show notes, as there is a book giveaway for any book of your choosing, up to $25 US dollars in value. Uh, It must be available from bookshop.org or bookdepository.com. Uh, The giveaway is open worldwide, and there's no purchase necessary. Just use the Rafflecopter widget at the end of episode one's show notes to enter to win. I included some suggested books on my bookshop.org page, but you do not need to select one of those to win. To everyone who enters, good luck. The giveaway will close on January 14, uh, 2021 at the end of the day, and I'll select a winner at random to be announced probably two episodes from now. Uh, One more thing before we truly begin the second episode, I had two goals for Lee Bardugo's annual uh, B-A-Y-N-T-G-O, that's begin as you mean to go on challenge, which was one, not to buy anything, and two, to podcast. Um, So I did actually spend most of the day not buying anything until about 10 p.m. when I noticed a sale code from our local plant shop, which is uh, Greenwood. They're at Shop Greenwood on Instagram. This is not an ad. I pay them. They don't pay me. Um, They're really cool. They have beautiful plants and pots, and they do Instagram stories that just brighten my day and also make me want to buy stuff. And well, um, uh, after I saw that uh, Instagram story of theirs, I had to stimulate the economy, specifically theirs. So uh, actually, I'm still going to count that as a success because I did spend almost 22 hours of New Year's Day not buying anything. And uh, hashtag B-A-Y-N-T-G-O just says uh, you do the thing that you committed to for 15 minutes that day. So I, I did really well uh, in my estimation. Uh, as for podcasting, I did think about it. And instead, I ended up spending four hours watching the new Bridgerton series on Netflix. Uh, while working on a punch needle project. And I've read the Bridgerton books. They're fantastic. I really like the series that's come out. I'm sure they're nitpicky things people have problems with. I will read about those later. But um, so far, I'm really enjoying them. I have a couple of episodes I saved for this weekend. Um, So yeah, I did spend time writing this episode the next day. But on January 1st, I apparently set the intention to Netflix and Punch Needle through 2021. You know what? I'm not really mad at that. There are way worse things that I could commit to for the year. So let's go ahead and get into today's episode, Time to Clean. So the word overwhelming comes up a lot where cleaning and organizing is concerned. 
If you've ever felt this way or are feeling this way right now about something, don't worry, you're not alone. It happens to us all, and I think it just helps to be able to recognize that feeling and realize it's okay to feel overwhelmed. As I look around my apartment every day, I see chores that need doing. Some things I can knock out really quickly, like take a couple of minutes after brushing my teeth to wash down the sink, for example. And other things might be bigger projects that will take a longer time. And especially if I have other things on my plate, like work or a class that I had to attend online or things that I need to complete homework for, or even just knowing that I need to take some time to relax. It's easy to kind of let things go and say, oh, I'm prioritizing, but that to-do list item just keeps getting pushed down and down and down and down on the list as we think of other things to do. When I recognize that I'm feeling that way and I've sort of paralyzed myself into not doing any of my cleaning chores, I remind myself that in the time that I've spent thinking about not doing that chore, I could probably have done it already. So a couple of tips that I talked about last time were to just set a timer, start anywhere, and clean until your timer goes off. And also choose something that you like to listen to, whether it's music or TV or a podcast to keep you entertained during that time, however short or long it might be. That really helps me to focus on the task that I've chosen to undertake if I'm entertained and having fun at the same time as I'm doing work. So today, in addition to thinking about how much time it takes to clean something, I want to talk about how I choose to undertake that task in the first place and what can I do to ensure that I get the most benefit out of the time and energy that I spent completing that cleaning task. So I actually have three main things that help me decide what cleaning tasks to complete on any given day. How urgent is the need? How useful is the result? And lastly, what level of return on investment can I expect to get out of my cleaning tasks? So this is not a financial podcast, obviously, although um, cleaning and organizing can sometimes help you save some money, but so I'll explain what I mean by return on investment a little later. First, let's talk about urgency. What I mean by that is, is there a bad smell or a visible ring of grime around something? Is someone going to probably step in it and make it even worse? Are we going to get ants? Is it a biohazard? These are the kinds of questions I ask myself when deciding, is this something I have to clean now or can this wait until later? So anything that involves a yes answer to the list above is like, okay, I need to clean this immediately, drop everything. The good news is a lot of those dire situations might take a relatively short time to complete. I have cats, so cat barf, for example, super gross. But it takes less than a minute to scoop it up, throw it away, and vigorously wash your hands. For another example, if your toilet bowl is looking a little worse for wear most of the time, as long as you have toilet bowl cleaner or powdered cleanser or something like that nearby, you just need a brush, a little elbow grease, and a minute or so to scrub that cleanser into your toilet. Most of the cleaning involved and that process is actually passive, like waiting 15 minutes after you've scrubbed it before you flush. And most of the time, I will just set a timer and go do something else to remind myself I have to go back and flush it. I might just go back to work since we're all working from home. 
And then when timer goes off, it's just a matter of hitting that flush and I'm done. Uh, you could even uh, double up that timer's effectiveness and find other things to clean in the bathroom while you're waiting for it to go off. It's a good time to put away those random bottles and things that end up on the counter, pick up any dirty clothes that you left on the floor, or take a swipe at whatever dust bunnies have gathered in the corners or behind the door. Uh, the second thing that helps me decide what to clear up is utility. Of the cleaning tasks that I have that are not urgent, what is going to be the most useful to do next? For example, this Monday I start or I will start at the time of this recording tomorrow. Um, but by the time you hear this, I will have started a month-long virtual baking class. Uh, I've been looking forward to it since I signed up in December and I spent the last couple of weeks stocking up on ingredients and ordering specific tools that I didn't already have in my baking arsenal. But in our little apartment kitchen, I have a tendency to leave things out on counters. You know, they're items that you use all the time. For us, it's like coffee things, appliances, uh, sometimes root vegetables that you shouldn't have in the refrigerator. So because of COVID-19, we also have all these cleaning supplies and hand sanitizer hanging out on the counters. Uh, we have a little bin for our used masks. There's the Instant Pot. There's the rice cooker, or the popcorn popper. Uh, sometimes I pull spices out and I never put them back. Um, and uh, about a week ago, I started doing uh, reorganizing the upper pantry cabinet where I have a lot of specialty flowers and ingredients for the class. And today I did the tall pantry, which has most of our staples like rice, oil, vinegar, that kind of stuff. And I decided, I decided to spend this time doing those cleaning activities because I know I'll get more fun and learning out of the baking class. If I know where everything is and I vacate as much of the counters as possible for me to work. So just a sidebar, and I might have another sidebar later. My method for big clear-ups like this uh, also folds into the third cleaning tip a little bit. So here are the basic steps that I follow. Step A is I envision what I want the space to look like after I'm done. This takes some imagination, if especially if the place is kind of cluttered all the time and you've never actually seen it clean. Um, and your final product may differ from your vision, but most of the time I can actually get it pretty close to what I've envisioned. You just hold the image in your head for a minute and then get started on step B. I don't mean like what your space would look like if you had a photographer coming to take pictures of your house for a magazine or some, or even the kind of inspirational type of images that we usually see on Instagram, which are you know, very composed and like super stylish, that kind of thing. I, I don't mean that um, kind of visualization. I mean, visualize what it should look like to be a normal threshold of clean for you. Like it's not dirty or cluttered, but it's not empty or cold either. It should be functional for you and if possible, easy to reset to the state after it has gotten messed up. We have to accept that getting messed up again is a possibility. So moving on to step B, I take everything that was in or on that space that I decided to work on and move it all out. As an extra step, while you are pulling things out, you can sort them so that like items go together. For example, keeping with my kitchen example, I can put all the coffee stuff in a group. All the bins where we keep the flour and sugar, I can put them all together on the dining table. Um, they don't have to match. They just have to be like 
the, the things that you would normally put together, like flour and sugar, that kind of thing, have to be together already in this step. Um, I had a, a basket for all of my chocolate chips and candy things and stuff that gets mixed into the baked goods. Uh, I put all the vinegars and oils and other bottles in one spot. Those are really easy um, to categorize because they're all in similar shape containers. Um, if you follow me on Instagram at Clean Your Room Podcast, you'll have seen this already. So, and and, and you can actually skip this step now. That's okay. If you you'll have to do it in step D anyway. You'll have to do it at some point, but you don't have to do it when you're removing everything uh, from the space. The same goes for anything that should go to trash or recycling. You could put it there now and save yourself some time later, or just do it in step D. That's that's fine too. So step C is you have to clean all the surfaces that you just cleared. Trust me on this. The extra good feeling you get from having taken a cluttered mess off of the surface and then cleaning it, that's that's like my equivalent to feeling high since I don't actually do drugs of any kind. No judgment if you do. I rarely even drink, so it's it's really like, where do I get my buzz? I get I get it from cleaning something dirty and looking it afterwards like, oh, it was really disgusting and now it's super clean and shiny. Um, and here's my other sidebar. Another thing that I do for areas that have lots of items with labels like kitchens, bathrooms, uh, hallway closets, like your laundry, medicine cabinet, or things like that, is I make sure to face the labels out as if I were merchandising them in a store. Um, that just helps make everything so much easier to find if you don't have to turn things around to figure out what they are. Um, if I have the time, I also take a second as I touch each item to check for expiration dates. So there are certain things that you can keep using past an expiration date, that's okay. Baking soda is a good example that I went through today. Um, you can use it to, when it's fresh, you can use it to suck up the smells in your fridge. And then at the end of the month, instead of throwing out, um, you can just use it for cleaning or clearing the shower or sink drain um, with some baking soda and vinegar and hot water or something like that. Um, so you don't, it's, it's not necessarily like um, expiration date, I need to throw it out. It's more like expiration date and checking to see if it's still okay to use, or if it's something that probably should get, you know, you should probably get rid of. Um, this process of checking for expiration or to see if something has gone off can also alert you to things like, why did I get this in the first place if I wasn't going to use it? Was it a gift? Was it on sale? Did I start using it and find out I was allergic, but I still didn't throw it away? Did I just need one teaspoon of this and then the other, you know, the rest of it has been sitting here for five years? <laughs> you can kind of uh, come to the, some of those realizations as you're doing this cleaning process. Uh, some of the time it might be an item that you actually do want to replace or replenish, but sometimes you'll find it with something that you wanted, but you didn't really need. Okay, so coming back from the side note to the original side note. Um, step D is to finish the cleaning up task by assessing the stuff that you took away from the area. And first, I would say anything that is trash, go ahead and put it in the trash. Just get it out of the way. Anything that can be recycled, um, uh, go ahead and put it where it should go. 
and don't put it back into the space that you just cleared unless it was, was the actual recycle bin that you were cleaning. Uh, any items that you want to reuse or keep, um, uh, either you're either going to make sure that they go back to live in the spot or figure out where that thing is going to live in the meantime before you can actually complete its like, you know, upcycling or reuse. So, and then any items that for sure go back to live in the area that you cleared, try to make sure that you put them back in the space with as much sense as possible, as in you can find them again, you can see them when you open up the area, you know, they might be arranged by height if, you know, that's something that makes it easier to find things in a cabinet. Um, is it something that should be kept in another container? Like if it comes normally in a bag, but uh, now that the bag is open, if you don't put it in an airtight container, is it, you know, going to go stale or something like that? Or, you know, just not be as fresh? Uh, for the time that you actually want to use it. Go ahead and take a moment to contain it now. Um, if you have a labeler or some painter's tape, you can actually also label the area that it goes in. Not only will this help you find things, but if you live with other people, it might encourage them to assist you in keeping those things organized. Uh, think back to step A, where you visualize what this area would look like, and just try to get the space into that shape if you can. In case you were wondering, yes, I am that person that alphabetizes the spices. So I'll show you that in the show notes and on social media. It really helps me to be able to find things again after I put them away. Um, it also encourages me to, even though I have still a bad habit of like using a spice and then leaving it on the counter, it does make it a lot easier to take that extra step while I'm cooking to just put it right back where it belongs. So I'm kind of like, still having mixed uh, results in that area, but the intention is there and I set myself up to hopefully succeed in that someday. Um, so at this point, you might have a few straggler items that you can't quite decide what you're gonna do with those things. This always happens to me and um, I like to think back to that old show on TLC called Clean Sweep. I don't actually remember any of the episodes now because I haven't had cable since 2007. But on this show, they would make the people decide what to keep, sell, or toss. So keep, sell, or toss is pretty easy to remember. It's a, it's a really easy cleaning motto. Keep is pretty self-explanatory. I would include reuse in that category. So if I have like a really nice glass jar that I think um, would fit a particular ingredient that I have in uh, the kitchen, or maybe I, it's just the right height to put Q-tips in the bathroom or something like that. Um, those, those would go in that keep category. Um, for sell, you can also, you can have items that you might want to give away to a friend or uh, to just donate. If it's still in good condition, you can find somewhere that wants it. And then toss is basically this item is trash or recycling. No one can get any use of this item anymore. I can't repair it or it's too hard to repair. Um, and just see ya. Try to get those items grouped in these categories and find a home for those items that you are keeping or using and for items that we'll be leaving. If you can't put them out right away, 
I recommend uh, putting a note or uh, putting it a labeled box to remind yourself that that thing has eventually got to go. Um, and I know it's actually a bit hard right now with so many places not accepting donations um, or even, uh, you know, kind of trash disposal kind of places. If you have anything that's like hazardous material or e-waste or batteries or things like that, it, it may be tricky to get rid of those things at this time. And you may want to just put them in a box and label them and someday when things reopen again, uh, be able to get those things out of your house. Um, and with some creativity, you can usually find ways to get at least those for sale or donation items out of the house. Um, for example, I found friends with um, little free libraries who could take books that I was purging. Um, I've left items out on the street with just a sign that says free. Um, if it's something big, like a chair or something like that, we will list them on Craigslist and give like a general area of where it is and show a photo of the item that we've left out. So that that can be helpful. Um, we've also posted things on Facebook to see if someone we know might have a use for it. And um, sometimes we'll arrange a socially distant drop off or pick up that kind of thing. Um, in the end, every item that you pulled out of that area should have either gone back in after being cleaned uh, and passing that, is it expired or does it not work anymore, um, filter, and or gotten moved to a new area or purged if it's trash. Otherwise, uh, all you've done is create a new pile or mess somewhere else and we don't want that. So the third tip on choosing what cleaning tasks to complete has to do with return on investment. Part of the reason we sometimes don't want to do cleaning or organization tasks is entropy. As soon as you bring order to something, entropy takes over and everything slowly deteriorates until you again have a mess. Again, this is just one of those things that we have to accept happens, maybe not so much to Marie Kondo. But most people, I think, encounter this. I know I do all the time. And so we invest so much time and effort into cleaning. And if you have kids or if you have messy tendencies or live with someone who does, or if you spend a lot of time on other activities, like you're tired from work and it just, you, you don't have any energy left um, for these tasks. Uh, it seems like no time at all until it's a mess again. So actually what I do when I'm thinking about completing a cleaning task is I look at it as spending a small amount of time to buy myself a much longer reprieve from that same task. So scrubbing the toilet for one minute, for example, buys me a week or two of not scrubbing the toilet, which is pretty great return on investment if you ask me. Even if I stretched it to five minutes to clean the toilet or did both toilets at once since we have two toilets, that's another 10 to 20,000 minutes that will pass before I have to scrub a toilet again and I only have to spend 10 minutes to get that. I've got more examples for you, but first a word from our sponsor. And we're back. So a great example I wanted to share of this return on investment concept 
is something I did a year ago when I originally planned to launch this podcast. I removed every single item from my bathroom, scrubbed it clean from ceiling to floor, and I reorganized all of the cabinets. Um, I cleaned all of the fixtures, the shower, everything. Um, it took two days, slightly more because one medicine cabinet had rust in it and we attempted to fix it. Mixed results on that, but I can live with it. And a year later, it's still actually not too bad. I look at it as I spent two full days cleaning, so about 20 hours total if you take two days minus sleep and meals. And 365 days later, most of the bathroom is still clean and or would take very little time to reorganize again. If I tried to repeat the same task, steps A through D as I outlined them before, it would actually take no more than two to four hours. So 10 to 20% of the time I spent on the same task a year ago. That's actually part of why I haven't bothered to do a big clean in the bathroom again, because if everything is still in pretty good shape, I can find everything and it's a low priority cleaning task. I just clean the parts that are like urgent. Um, and if I would do that task anytime in the next week or two, it would almost just be for fun. Like if I wanted to just like look at all the makeup that I have in the drawers or something like that. Um, the main point that I want you to take from ROI or return on investment is that it is much easier to clean something that is already clean. I, when I think of this, I think back to a boss that I had once and my job as their assistant was to clean their office. Well, they were meticulously clean. They never left trash lying around. They hardly ever left a thing out of place. So most days I'd go in eight in the morning, water the plants, if it was Monday or Thursday, dust every available surface in the room, none of which had any dust on them. And I would be out of there by 8.05. So think of the place in your home that has the worst mess. Assess how much time you think it would take to clean that area to do a complete reset and assess how much time you think you can keep that area clean after that. So let's say you're going to school, the semester is five months long and your bedroom devolves into a jumble of books and clothes during those months because you don't have the time and energy to clean. Fair, totally understandable. I would say for most bedrooms between one to three days of work depending on how much stuff you have and how messy you are really. And pick a day on the calendar before your school semester starts and don't feel called out on this. This is something I absolutely will be doing because I start school on February 11th. So I'm also talking about me here. On that day, plan on getting up early, plan on not cooking or doing anything but cleaning for most of the day. And you can start step A, which is envisioning and planning uh, be way before the deep clean day that you scheduled for yourself. Uh, in non-COVID times, I would say get a friend to come over and help you so you have someone to hang out with and have fun with while you do your organizing. Um, I've totally done this with other friends who I hope will be guests on the show in the future so we can talk about those fun times we had cleaning. Um, but in these pandemic times, you will have to rely either on a virtual visit with someone or just the people that you're quarantined with to help out. And then try to get through steps B through D completely within that one to three days that you reserve for the cleanup. They don't have to be consecutive days, but I think you'll find that once you start, you'll just want to get through to the end. Uh, one more thing on return on investment. This is actually where I've benefited the most from the Marie Kondo or KonMari technique of cleaning and organization. So just briefly to talk about that process, and I know this 
explanation isn't going to do it justice, but Kamari basically splits your belongings into four areas. It's clothes, books, papers, and etc. like other. So you can sort things into subcategories under those four headings, but basically you pick up each item uh, in one category. So let's say you're doing just clothes right now and decide if it sparks joy. And if that, if so, that's an item that you keep. And when you've touched and decided on every item, you figure out where and how to store them, keeping all the similar things together. The other main thing that you uh, that is involved in this process is that you have to do it all at once, not piecemeal, not like I'll do this little bit and then I'll do this other bit some other time in the future. You have to do it kind of in the same time frame, like the same couple of days or a week or two. Um, but when, when I'm tidy, I find that I typically will do just one area of the apartment at a time because honestly, I don't have the time, space, or energy to do everything in one go. So I'm kind of constantly doing the et cetera slash other part of Kamari all the time. Um, but I have, I think I've made that work for me in that I keep following as many of the Kamari steps as possible, even though I'm technically not doing it by the book. So it's made it so that if I have to go through all my clothes now, for example, I actually have a very hard time finding any items I want to get rid of or should get rid of because I've conmarried so much over the past few years that 98% of what I have in my wardrobe right this moment, I actually love it. Um, I just don't even buy uh, items that um, I think I'm not going to love. Um, and there's even some times where like, I'll wear it uh, and then decide as I'm wearing it, like, hey, I actually don't love this thing. <laughs> and I'll go change into something else that I like better. And um, I'll already set that item aside to wash and donate or whatever I think I'm going to do with that um, piece of clothing. So the last two or three times I've done clothes, Kamari, it took me less than four hours. Usually, I think the last time was actually an hour and a half or something like that. And I barely had a tiny grocery bag of stuff to part with each time. So if you've never tried Kamari or any cleaning organizing methods before because you think it won't work for you I say try it my way just choose one area to start it could be just your sock drawer you don't have to do your entire wardrobe as the proper method would have you do um, it might just be one shelf of a full bookshelf um, I will sometimes even just pick one area say a two by two square foot area of the dining table, which is actually my work table for school and sewing stuff and say, okay, I'm setting a timer for five minutes. Everything in this two foot area has got to go somewhere else. And then I'm going to wipe it down. And if anything actually lives in this area, it can come back, but the rest of it has to go somewhere else or it has to go away. And maybe that's it. You run out of time, you run out of energy. That's also okay. After you've done that cleanup, it's a game of how long can I keep this two foot area clean? That's the game I'm playing with myself right now in the kitchen is how long can I keep all the kitchen counters clean so that I can get the benefit, um, you know, and the full fun and enjoyment of taking this baking class in January. What I want to do is prolong as much as possible the amount of time that I benefit from the cleaning versus the amount of time that I just spent cleaning. So I just don't want to be 
doing this full cleanup task again um, in a week or two. Let's see if I can make all this cleanliness that I afforded myself and make it last until the end of the month. Um, another thing that I do to keep myself cleaning on a regular basis is I take a photo of the area. I might not post every before and after photo on social media, but I do post most of the afters since they make me feel pretty good to have my space clean. Um, I think the most common one I posted on Instagram is when I clean my fridge. I actually hate the idea of cleaning the fridge, but once I start it, I do enjoy it, particularly if I'm getting caught up on my true crime podcast. And, and then when I finally finish and snap that after picture, it's so satisfying. I'm actually also due for a fridge clear up this week. So if you're in, on Instagram or TikTok and you need a little cleaning inspiration, check that out. It will probably be in IG stories, but I'll try to highlight it or write a little post about it also. So just to recap, how do I pick the anywhere where I start cleaning? I go by urgency by utility, so what cleanup would be most useful in my immediate future, and return on investment. Which area do I think I can keep clean for a duration significantly longer than the amount of time that I will spend cleaning it right now? So once you've decided where to start, envision what it will look like when you're done, take everything out of the area, do your sorting, put things in the trash, check whether things are still good, and then put back what should stay in that space in a way that makes sense. Lastly, take out the trash or recycling, and if you're donating or selling items, get those things out of your space as soon as you're able. Underneath my dining table, I actually have boxes full of books to donate to the library for our annual YA festival that couldn't happen this year, or last year rather, because of the pandemic. So as soon as I'm able, which might be a year or more at this rate, I will be getting rid of those books. Another thing to take a note of the time that it took you to do the cleaning, any cleaning, and then take a picture of what the complete reset of the space looked like when you were satisfied that it was clean enough to stop. So if you decide to clean this area again in the future, I think you'll find it will take less time than the first, and hopefully you can spend more time in between cleanings doing the things that you'd really rather be doing, like probably spending time with your family or relaxing and watching TV. And I know depending on what situation you have at home, for example, if you have children, which I don't, uh, or if you have activities that cause you to have a really high potential for clutter, which I do, um, that some of these things still might sound kind of overwhelming and impossible to do. I'll say it again, that's okay. You don't have to clean everything all at once. You can just pick one cubic foot of space to clean. You don't have to clean for hours and hours each day. You can just set a timer for five minutes, clean until it goes off, and then go about the rest of your day. And if no other cleaning happens that day, that's okay. You did it for five minutes. That's cool. Um, these, thing, these tips might be less true for things like doing the dishes, but for most cleaning and organizing tasks, you can actually get a lot done in five minutes. And, uh, you know, if... If it strikes you as something that you can spend more time on, can afford to spend time on, like you're not about to be late to something, um, usually having at least done this start will um, motivate you to keep going until the task is complete. 
And uh, another thing, if you do get your cleaning done, the point is not to keep something clean forever, but just as long as you can keep it clean. For bathrooms and kitchen counters, for example, for me, that's probably a few days or maybe a week until you have to clean it again. For other spaces like bookshelves or closets, it might be months before you have to do another deep clean. Just remember, it's easier to clean something that's clean already. So in between those deep cleans, you can extend the return on your time and energy investment by cleaning as you go, like short spurts of cleaning. And then lastly, take a picture because it will last longer than whatever organization or cleaning that you applied to your space. Since New Year's Eve, I've actually seen quite a lot of my friends posting their cleaning projects, although not necessarily with a hashtag, that's okay. Seeing those before and after images can also help motivate you to keep an area clean or remind you of what you've been able to accomplish before and what you would like your space to look like most of the time. That's like your baseline clean. So that's it for today's show. Join me next week as I talk to my friend Laura Starr about her cleaning challenges from the past couple of years. If you take before and after photos or videos of you cleaning up your space and would like to share them, please use the hashtag uh, clean your room podcast challenge to share on Instagram and TikTok. You can follow me on both platforms at clean your room podcast. I'm also on Twitter as fruit juice. That's F R O O T J O O S. Think fruit loops, but with juice, uh, but I'm actually not on there so much, to be honest. We also have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. If you'd like to discuss, ask questions or share your cleaning challenges. If you have a cleaning or organization question that you'd like me to answer on the air, or if you have ideas for topics that you would like me to cover on the podcast, please go to, actually, never mind. I was going to read you the link, and that makes no sense because it's super long. You can go to my website, cleanyourroompodcast.com, uh, click the microphone in the top menu, or if you're looking at any of the show notes, look for the link that says send audio message in the sidebar. Uh, to get a place where you can send an audio message through Anchor. Uh, let me know if you want me to play it and answer it on the show. You can also email into info at cleanyourroompodcast.com. You'll find this and all the rest of the links that I've mentioned at cleanyourroompodcast.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so in a variety of ways. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. You can rate or review the show. You can make a monthly contribution through our anchor.fm page. Again, the link for all of those things is on cleanyourroompodcast.com. You can even shop from our bookshop page, which also supports independent bookstores across the country with every purchase. That includes our friends Once Upon a Time Bookstore, the Brainlayer Bookstore, uh, and just to mention, since I mentioned Bridgerton at some point in the last week, um, the Rip Bodice in Culver City is a romance bookstore. I bet they're on there also. But you can find our affiliate page at bookshop.org slash shop slash clean your room podcast. The Clean Your Room podcast is hosted and produced by me, Althea Allure. The original opening music is called Bubble Guts, also composed by me. The podcast logo was illustrated by Ashlyn Anstey. You can find more about her artwork and writing at ashlyna.com. That's A-S-H-L-Y-N-A.com. 
This episode was sponsored by and produced on Anchor.fm. Thanks again for listening. This is Althea signing off and reminding you to clean your room.